Today on the Zabecast, welcome to the end of your career, Kevin Durant. Turn down an additional $80 million to stay with the Super Team Warriors and instead go to the Nets. Wow. Plus, you got a moon landing hoaxer of a point guard. Good luck, buddy. Andy Pollan, our guest. And the Mets channel their inner Monty Python. I'm not dead yet. Your digital dose of extra me is fresh and ready. So buckle up and let's go. Oh, here we go. Monday, July 1, 2019. Thank you for downloading. I hope you enjoyed NBA Free Agency, which is not over yet. In fact, as I speak on Sunday night, uh, Kawhi Leonard might have made up his mind to go somewhere. We don't know. But, man, the bombs were exploding. They were popping off the shells. Boom, 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 boom. All these very tall men making mountains and mountains of money. It's, It's so exciting. I love it. Oh, my God. And then you're like, wait a minute. Why do I care about all these guys? Of course, if you know your team signed guys that you wanted to keep, then you'd be excited. And for Bucks fans, uh, you're excited that Chris Middleton has re-signed for not quite the mount, the max amount of money that he could have made. Uh, and they bring back Brooke Lopez for a bunch of money, and they trade Malcolm Brogdon for a couple of picks. They bring back my favorite guy, George Hill. But I'm not going to get too deep into this here because the podcast, the Zabecast, is for all the extra stuff above and beyond just your normal generic sports yakety yak. So you'll have to tune in tomorrow morning bright and early on 97.3 The Game in Milwaukee, and I'll give you my full breakdown and take on what the Bucks did and how they did it. How about that for a tease? How about that for synergy? Oh my God, look at that. I can feel the ratings going up right now. All right, couple things. I've got a brother-in-law Todd update. Todd, 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 Todd. Uh, brother-in-law Todd in Philly who blew out his Achilles doing yard work showed me exactly how he did it. I was up there this weekend, and man, my brother-in-law, God bless him. He is a dreamer, he is a doer, and he is a fucking idiot sometimes. So he decided he was going to make this six-foot-wide walk path from his driveway to the pool that he and his wife had installed a year ago. And you know what? It wasn't super long. It was probably 25 feet or so. But it's a it's six feet wide. And they had to dig down, he and his sons, about eight inches deep. And they were going to get a bunch of uh, rock for base and then sand and then compact that down, get a compactor. And then he was going to lay down irregular flagstone which was going to be a complicated puzzle piece of, you know, getting it all to sit just right. Hell of a project for a guy who just turned 50. Well, he was doing the work outside, and it had rained the day before, so the six-foot-wide trench was filled with water and mud. And because he was too lazy to go walking around all the way to one side where the pool deck was, he decides he's going to hop over it. Well, he hopped over, and he landed... His toes made it, but his heel did not. So you can imagine once he landed with his toes on the edge of this uh, six-foot-wide trench that was eight inches deep, he said he heard right away his Achilles go, pop, pop. (laughs) He still, though, said it wasn't excruciatingly painful, but uh, he then hobbled around, uh, got himself inside the house, and told his 
teenage son, uh, I think I blew out my Achilles. That said, I I have never met a guy with a better attitude, with a more easygoing, what are you going to do, laugh at himself attitude. He was hobbling around on crutches this weekend. He was doing stuff around the house. He was sitting outside on the porch under the cabana uh, in the shade, reading his iPad, having a beer. I love that guy. Idiot, though. So now they're going to have to pay to get it done professionally because his wife does not want to look at it all summer long. That's for sure. Bloody Horns, I want to announce this again. I want to start hammering this home. I've got some sign-ups in the last week. I appreciate that. We're not full yet. We're going to be full. I know you guys are not going to let me down. It's my annual golf tournament, eight years running, at the fantastic Bull at Pinehurst Farms in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. If you are up in Wisconsin, anywhere, listening to this Sabecast, and you play golf at all, Please come on out. You'll have a blast. It'll be impossible. You'll say to yourself, holy shit, I lost a dozen golf balls. Who cares? There's a factory in China. There's factories cranking them out three shifts a day. Come on out. Get a partner. If you want to compete in the top division for the first prize, it is a two-man scramble for the first prize of two nights and two rounds of golf in Las Vegas in March with me during Zabe Vegas. And if not, you can get a foursome And you could play in the scramble division, the four-person scramble division, uh, for another prize to be named later and have fun and drink and meet me and just enjoy an incredible golf course. So go to bloodyhorns.com. That's bloodyhorns.com. If you somehow forget the address, well, it's a podcast. You can just rewind, right? Bloodyhorns.com. Sign up. It's all right there. I will see you out there. I want this thing sold out by the end of the week. So don't make me call you people, okay? Because I will. All right, before we get to Durant going to the Nets and all the uh, news of the NBA free agency and some other thoughts from Andy Poland, I just had to uh, read to you a couple of tweets from the weekend. I'm not saying these people that tweeted this are douchebags. I'm saying they come off as douchebags by saying this. Glenn Consor, who does color commentary on my Wizards radio broadcast booth. Love love you, Glennie. I got I to gotta bust you on this, though. Glenn tweets uh, on Sunday night, at 9 o'clock Eastern is when I begin to rearrange my existing broadcast boards for next season. Quote, fail to prepare, prepare, prepare to fail. Lots to do. Hashtag NBA free agency 2019. Glennie, you got all fucking summer to put your broadcast boards together. It can't be that much rearranging of the names on your broadcast boards. The first NBA game of the year is not until, what, October 15th? 9 o'clock tonight. going to start rearranging the boards. Then there's this. Rich Eisen, big, famous star of NFL Network, Rich Eisen, tweets, I'm done flying American Airlines for quite some time. Oh, oh, do tell. Was there an inconvenience in air travel? Oh, my God. Are you okay? Did they lose your luggage? Was a flight canceled? Did perhaps a flight crew not make it on time? Was somebody rude on the airplane? Oh, my God, Rich, what happened? Please tweet more about it. Eisen followed with another tweet. Literally not one more time again. Douchebag. 
I know I probably in my timeline have some airline related grief tweets and I'm sure it feels therapeutic, but you have to be so fucking tone deaf to be making over a million dollars a year, which I'm sure Rich Eisen is between his TV gig and his podcast. And to then bitch about, Oh, I, I had a problem on an airplane. Ah, I'm never flying this airline again. I've talked to numbers of people who fly for a living all over the place on all different airlines. And when I inevitably get into it with them about, well, I hate these guys and I'll list an airline. I'll say, I hate these guys. These other guys, they, I think they're the best. They're the only ones I'd, I'd like to fly if possible. I am immediately hit with, trust me, they all suck. They all suck in just slightly different ways. And when people say that all of our airlines in the U.S. suck, I think what they mean to say is they're just not perfect enough for us because I got to believe that airlines in other countries and elsewhere around the world are probably worse than ours. Now, I can't say this for sure, and I'm sure there are some international airlines that are really top of the top of the top, like Qatar Airways. Uh, I think that's the one with the uh, flight attendants who are dressed up in those incredible outfits with the red top and the flowing veil. Uh, or is that Qantas? I, I, I don't know. I'm sure there's some airlines that are really, really good. I bet Virgin Atlantic is really, really good. But I'm saying in general, we move around our country so easily and relatively cheaply. You know, people still complain, oh, flight was $500. Yeah, well, what do you want to pay? 120 You're going from Boston to Austin, Texas. Do you know how far that is? You want to go put that on a map of, say, Europe and see how many countries you'd hop over if that was the case? But we're spoiled in America, that's all. And, you know... Because we don't have planes crash anymore, at least not in the U.S., the safety of flying has never been better. And we still don't we still don't like the fact that shit happens, that connections get missed, that planes break, that weather happen. Weather happens. That's all. And then people tweet about it. Rich Eisen. I'm done flying American Airlines for quite some time. Okay. Keep us posted on that. I'm sure you will. Okay, let's talk NBA free agency. Andrew Poland is our man for that. Come on, Andy. Hello? Hello, Arlene. Oh, hey, I thought I hung up on you. Sorry about that. I was talking to somebody. Andy didn't tell me you were calling. So I'm, I had no idea. That's okay. How are I, you? I'm doing just fine. Ladies and gentlemen, Arlene Poland, the better half of the Poland household, on the Zabecast oh, right I now. I just said a curse word. That's our, it's a, a curse It's word. a podcast. It doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah. That's all right. That's all right. So what's uh, what's Andy doing today? Is he is Andy home? I feel like a kid. He's upstairs. 
is. There he is. <laughs> you got hey, on the podcast. Sorry. All right. Bye. All right. There you go. Uh, okay. Oh, my God. I forgot to congratulate your wife on the big news. Yeah. Mazel, mazel. Ladies and gentlemen, Andy Poland's daughter is engaged. Samantha yeah. Poland has been claimed. Her heart has been won by a man. And it, it has to be no easy feat. Because your daughter is a spitfire, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, they've known each other longer than most people stay married. So uh, I think he knows what he's getting into. Uh, they've known each other since they were six years old. And uh, they went to prom together and all that stuff. Went their separate ways when they went to college. He went to Maryland. She went to Wisconsin. And uh, they got back together about three years ago. And now they're going to tie the knot. And you, uh, you fully approve of this young man? Oh yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, he's he's a he's a lawyer. She's a lawyer. So at some point, they'll be able to take care of me. Did <laughs> right? Didn't Jackson Brown write a song once? Lawyers in love. Isn't there a what? Le- didn't Jackson Brown write a song? Lawyers in love. Oh I'll, yeah. I'll yeah. look that one up. I guess while they'll you're... play that at the wedding. That'll be the first dance. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So this is just another example about how time flies by. And as you get older, I'm going silent. Oh, son Smack of your phone. Son of a bitch. I, I'm I'm so frustrated, Andy. I can't even begin to tell you. I could FaceTime audio you, which might be a better <laughs> connection. You want to try that? We can try that. Now you sound good. Whatever you just did is fine. You, you, you know what I just did? Literally, I shook my <laughs> phone. My yeah, new so maybe something loose. <laughs> no, I don't think that's it. I think it's just it. It actually might. Be. Oh, oh, you know what? There it is. No. All right, you want to try FaceTime on my uh, phone? We can do that. Wait, why is it cutting out now? Now it cut out, but now you're back. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, yeah. It might be the connector. I'll I'll be uh, honest about that. It again. might be the. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll I'll call you right back. All right, we're now giving this a shot. Who knows if this is going to work? There we go. All right, now we're on FaceTime audio. Good afternoon, Andy. How are you? I'm good, and you? All right, we'll see if this works. It could be the cheap little connector coming out of my phone into this Rodecaster Pro podcast unit. It could be anything. Who knows? Anyway, so, so here's an example of time flying by. It wasn't but yesterday that I was giving Samantha 10 bucks in Tyson's Corner Mall when she came by to see us broadcasting at the Redskins store, right? I think so, yeah. And I told her, here's 10 bucks, Samantha. Go buy yourself something nice. I felt like I was, you know, the the kind Uncle Stevie. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, one of her early radio appearances was to make the case that she should have a cell phone, which produced the soundbite that I think it even goes back to when Galdi was producing the show, where she said, Dad, you act like it's 1965. That's right. We played that a lot, didn't we? So so that was, how old was she then? She was probably in middle school, 13, 14, something Mm -hmm. like that. Man. Mm -hmm. And then the other tale I like to tell a lot, and I've told it before, I'll tell it one more time, the abbreviated version. I'm at Andy's house watching a big football game of some sort. I forget which one it was. And it was me, Andy, Arlene, and Samantha in the house. I don't know where Jeremy was, maybe hiding out up in his room somewhere. Could be and uh, and and I witnessed what I thought was World War Three <laughs> between Arlene and Samantha and Andy, although mo- mostly between your wife and and your daughter, right. arguing about whether or not she had earned the right to go to some concert. 
and your your wife had said, no, you're not going because you didn't do this, this, or this. And Samantha was just going off tooth and nail. And it was, and you sat there with a sort of a slightly bemused look on your face, just trying to concentrate on the game. I'm looking over at you with the widest saucer eyes ever, like, I can't believe this. Should I go home? Is this a big deal? And apparently it was just another Monday night in the Poland household in high school. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's like uh, it's it's an offshoot of the tenements in New York. You know, everybody used to look at Ralph Cramden when he would yell at his wife and uh, right. you know yell at everybody else, and he said, "That's the way I grew up." Everybody yelled. In fact, <laughs> my daughter says now she's working at, at a law firm, and she says her boss tends to yell at other people. They get upset. She just goes, eh, "I'm used to it." That's good. It it toughened her up. Your 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 wife toughened her up, and your your daughter is a family law attorney. Correct. Very good. Perfect. That is so good. Uh, what that is great, Andy. Congratulations. When's the uh, when's the wedding date? Probably next summer. They, okay. they you know they just got engaged the other day, so it'll be uh, it'll probably take a year to get it all done. All right. Very good. Uh, did Woge report on the engagement before it actually happened? Uh, <laughs> let's see. He he came over and and he set it up with us. That it was a pretty elaborate proposal, to be honest with you. Uh, they he had her boss drop her off at a location in D.C. where he was waiting, and my nephew who was hiding in the bushes to take the pictures, and uh, so they documented all that. And then uh, this was like late afternoon, and he had arranged for all of us to go over his parents' house for a barbecue to celebrate. So uh, we got acquainted with what we call the Makostanisa uh, at their house. <laughs> Wait, the what? This is a Yiddish term I haven't learned yet. Yeah, Makostanisa. That means that these are the in-laws. These are the oh. people that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and is he Jewish? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, we'd never let her marry outside of no, the no, tribe. No, 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 that, that, that was her choice. In fact, the, you know, Jeremy is living with someone who's not Jewish, so it's it's okay with us either way. But, yeah, and um, so and so, Jeremy, who's two years younger, right? Three years, yeah. Three years younger. He's dating a girl, but they're not yet engaged. No, but they've been living together for over a year. And still a school teacher in Boston? Yep, and she's going to dental school at Columbia. Uh, he's in New York. He's where they are now. Well, yep. Oh, New York. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. All right, so enough of the Poland family update. You didn't get my jab there. Did Woj report on your daughter's engagement five minutes before it actually happened, (laughs) given that we are now in the throes of free agency 2019 in the NBA? Let me start with this. Do you think Woj is overrated or at least over-worshipped by us in the media? Because I do. I think Woj is excellent. He obviously has Mm -hmm. the deepest connections in the league, but people just ridiculously fall. Oh, Woj bomb! I mean... Mo- did he yeah. say that Durant was going to the Nets? Not that I recall. So, in no, other words, and, the and biggest scoop of the offseason. Five minutes ahead is, is right. So, five minutes ahead is okay. That's nice. But this was the biggest scoop of the offseason. And let's let the record state: Woj didn't have this. Yeah, I, I think that's right. I think you know he had already had a reputation for breaking NBA news when he was with Yahoo. This isn't like Adam Schefter who really didn't have that when he's with the NFL Network. All the news that he breaks has kind of happened since he's been with ESPN. So he he came with that reputation. And once you have that reputation, every time he reports something, people say, oh, my God, look at Woj, how connected he is. Now, I'm told 
that his real connection is with agents. It's not necessarily with general managers or coaches right. or owners even. It's it's agents. So yeah. agents feed him stuff. And the way the NBA wheels turn, that's good for business, I think. I think that's the way things work, that the, the more stuff they feed him, the more everybody gets richer. Oh, well, it's great for the league because they have the most powerful in-house league partner in ESPN pushing any and all NBA content. And a rumor right. is content, right? That's all right. it takes. And this, this has overshadowed the playoffs. I mean, all, the talk all season is where's, where's Durant going to go? Which team is he going to change? Or is he going to stay and win more championships at Golden State? Nobody really cared that much about the playoffs. It was what was going to happen afterwards. And then the injury, and plus what happened to Clay Thompson, that's kind of thrown everything upside down right now. Yeah. Uh, a couple bites to play you, and I'm going to put the headphones up to the phone so you can hear it, hopefully. First of all, uh, mm -hmm. Andre Iguodala, Andy, was on CNBC and either he was just joking or he knew something when he said, nobody's going to the Knicks. Here's the soundbite. Uh, I think they'll both be back with the Golden State Warriors. They'll have Clay back in around February, March. Uh, KD might miss the whole season, but uh, for him, it's good to uh, get away from the game. You want to tell us where they're going to resign? Uh, I think they'll both be back with the Golden State Warriors. Uh, we all keep, we're like brothers, wow. we keep in contact, uh, regardless of any of that. Uh, if both did decide to leave, they would still be my brother. I still keep in contact with them uh, as much as possible. And I uh, just wish the best for both of those guys. They come back full strength. You're crushing the Knicks fans uh, right here with this kind of... Nobody, oh. Nobody's going to the Knicks, sorry. Uh, <laughs> nobody? Nobody's going Whoa! How about that? Do you think Iguodala knew it or he was just joking? No, I, I think he, he knows it. I think it's like Sid Thrift said. Confederate money? I, I don't think anybody wants to take their money. They're a mess. Now, I'm not saying that the Nets are going to be in great shape either because you're going to have Kyrie Irving playing there a year alone without Durant, who's going to obviously sit out the season. And a whole season of Irving without a team that's contending, that's always a problem. So by the time that they're scheduled to get back together, who knows what could be going on with right. that team? Well, we'll deal with the Nets in a second. But I, th this is a Knicks story first and foremost. You have one of the iconic franchises in the NBA, and arguably in sports, although their glory days are long in the past. But you have right. an iconic franchise in the second largest market, and they cannot give away $200 million to right, anybody. Right. And, and even with... With what they have next year, and and in maybe even in two years when the Nets are contenders, the Knicks are still a bigger deal in New York. You know, the Nets made the finals two times early in this century. Like but they were the New Jersey Nets. Yeah, but they're still the Nets, whether they're in Brooklyn or whether they're in Jersey. They're still think, the Nets. Yeah, but don't you think that now they're in Brooklyn, there is a different sort of perception of them, a different cachet mm -hmm. to them. Nah, sort of like when the Clippers moved into the same building with the La the Lakers that now all of a sudden they're not some hobos in a different part yeah, of town. But they, they've had some great players and they got a marquee coach in Doc Rivers. I mean, part of the Knicks is Madison Square Garden. That's that's considered, uh, you know, one of the, the places. Uh, funny you should mention that. I'm going to stop you there before you embarrass yourself further. You know who played up the whole garden angle as – this is what's going to attract people. Mike Francesa. Wrong way Francesa does it again. This from the excellent Twitter feed, at back after this. Here's the Pope. 
Mike, there's one variable that's remained the same for 20 years, and it's the owner. Why would Kevin Durant want to come play for James Dolan? If he really wants to come to New York and build the brand and prove he's the king of New York, go to Brooklyn, Mike. No, 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 listen, that's comical. That's comical because the difference between being <laughs> in Madison saying, Square Garden, what? the difference between being in the Barclays, and this is not meant to in any way to disparage the, the Barclays Center, but to compare the Barclays Center to Madison Square Garden might be the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard, okay? As far as I'm concerned, if I was Durant, Jim Dolan wouldn't be a factor. He's going to pay me whatever I want. He's going to wine and dine me. He's going to give me anything he wants. What is Jim Dolan not going to do for him? Jim Dolan's going to give him anything he wants. Wow. Once again, yeah. a guy, Andy, who is right there at ground zero, who should yes, have a but... better feel. Let me finish, and then you can have your swing at the pinata. This guy <laughs> should have the best feel possible for what is and is not possible, for what is and is not important, and what may or may not happen, and he swung and he missed yet again. It's embarrassing to me but obviously, he's not embarrassed by it. Okay, Andy on line two, go ahead, your take. Well, I, I would say this, that, that I know for a fact that he is close with Dolan. He has floor seats at the Garden, so he's going to give you the, the Dolan outlook. And my feeling isn't necessarily that the players would want to play for the Knicks because of the Garden. What I'm saying is, from a fan standpoint, oh, going it's there. just a... Yeah, yeah, it's a big like right. like you'll see if you watch a Knicks game, like especially on a weeknight, you'll see almost everybody in the crowd in suits and ties because they go right from work sure. to the garden. Schlepping to Brooklyn, that's a little different deal. And that's a little different kind of crowd. And just the, the, the still the cachet for the fans of the garden is still a big deal. I would agree with you that yes, for the players, yeah, I don't think look, Durant's been playing in a in a decrepit place in a Oakland for years and before that he was playing in Oklahoma City so I, I don't think venue has that much to do with it but I'm saying in terms of where the fans interest is and having experiences to some degree in New York now I, I realize Brooklyn's a little bit of a step up from New Jersey but it's still Brooklyn and the garden is still the garden right well there's no question it's a it's a better better building in terms of where it is and its history but mm -hmm. the young players today don't give two shits about that Right, I agree, and I agree. and I'm sure, and I'm sure Francesa was just caping up for his shitbag buddy Dolan, and you can't get right. two shittier right. people in all of New York City in sports <laughs> than Francesa and Dolan. I mean, they're made for each other, those guys. Yeah, I, I would, I would, I mean, I I think Mike is is a little full of himself, but I wouldn't put. You him don't on think he's a bad guy with Dolan. What? Okay. Really, I think he. I think he's a kind of a pathetic guy at this point, but I don't think he's a bad guy. Okay. Now Dolan though is awful. Dolan. Oh, yeah. Dolan. Dolan's the worst. He's the, he's worse than Snyder. He's the worst owner in sports. And 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 to think about it, you know, if you're an NBA player, you worry about a guy like Dolan because he can do real damage to your brand. When Francesa says he'll give you all this money, he'll give you everything you want. He'll wine you and dine you. Yeah, but you don't know how he's going to treat you once you're in and once you are his property, so to speak. That's what players, well, I, I'm sure, I, I, are freaked out about because these incidents add up. The Isaiah Thomas debacle, the Oakley fiasco, that resonates with players. Uh, the fan ejections, okay. the media feuds, banning reporters, all these things, if the players themselves don't think, well, that's not a big deal, 
I can guarantee you the agents are saying, I don't want you near this guy. He is dangerous. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any question about that. But in terms of the money now, see, that's the other thing that people say, oh, yeah, he's going to get all the money. By signing this deal with the Nets, I believe that Durant is leaving about $80 million on the table. He could have gotten, yes. I believe, like 220 to stay at Golden State. That's the thing that the owners didn't count on in the new collective bargaining agreement. They said, oh, there's so much money they'd leave behind. They're not going to leave. They don't care. Right. They, they look at that money that would be life-changing for generations for you and I, and they say, eh, I got enough. That's okay. I mean, it's, it's just remarkable that somebody would leave behind that kind of money, but they're doing it. It, and that brings us to the Nets side of the coin. Let's flip the coin over and look at it from a Nets standpoint. This was the best tweet I saw regarding Brooklyn versus New York. Joel Beal, I don't know who he is, but he tweeted, KD joining an upstart Nets team is the Brooklyn ideal. Hip, hope, communal, full of wonder. KD not playing until 2020 after Kyrie has killed the locker room is actual Brooklyn. Overpriced, overcrowded, <laughs> overrated and everyone's miserable <laughs> is that right, true about right, brooklyn right, yeah. right now in its sort of rebirth because my mom is from brooklyn and our friend tommy lavero yeah. is from brooklyn and brooklyn was a different place back when the dodgers played there it, it is now making a comeback but it's still a bit overcooked isn't it, it it's it, from what i understand it's more like yuppified if you can use a right. term from some years ago, it's 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 a trendy place to live now, um, and I think that that it's it's got a lot of young people in it, a lot of artsy fartsy kind of people. That arena is not in a great neighborhood either. I mean, it's not you know it's not Midtown Manhattan like uh, like Madison Square Garden. So so yes, that that would play into it. But I agree a hundred percent. Plus, you're going to have a guy in Durant who will have missed a full year. He'll be thirty two years old. And he's going to play with an injury that guys generally don't come back from 100%. He may still be a good player, but I don't know if he's going to be where he was once he comes back. Oh, and there's more on that, too. I got your stat of the day coming up in just a second. But you talk about the money and guys you know, turning down some money. First of all, for Durant, this is a terrible move. I, I am now ready to say congratulations, Kevin. You have ended your effective, relevant portion of your NBA career. Because I will be willing to bet significant money the Nets never make the NBA Finals with Kevin Durant. That Durant, yeah. when he comes back, will be significantly diminished. Kyrie is a known cancer. The rest of their team is a little bit overrated at best. And there's other teams in the East that are still going to be good when they think they're going to dominate. So this was a career-ending move for Durant. Had he stayed and signed the Supermax extension in Golden State, he would have been viewed warmly. He would have had a year then to rehab at his leisure, maybe come back for next year's playoffs, who knows. And he would have been relevant still. They would still have a super team with him in a diminished state. This was the worst move Kevin Durant could have made. Oh, yeah. Well, I think it would be possible that they would have gotten rid of Draymond Green to make the salaries fit. You would have gone through a year with Steph Curry playing pretty much alone because you wouldn't have played Thompson either. And maybe you get a decent draft pick out of that and you add that to the mix. And then they come back for another run of maybe, you know, three or four years. And, you know, his legacy is measured by the number of championships he wins. That's, 
That's how we measure Kobe. That's how we measure Jordan. That's how we measure, you know, the Boston Celtics teams of the 60s. And yeah, now he's just a guy jumping from team to team to team to try to try to win something. It's not even like LeBron. LeBron really cleaned up his his image by going back to Cleveland and winning a title there. That like gave him rights to do whatever he wanted from there. Durant doesn't have that. Plus he's he's become kind of a whiny little baby in, in oh. recent years too. And and in, in that regard, I think he and Kyrie are perfect for each other. He and Kyrie yeah. are two of the neediest players now in this league, in which they both have been sort of looked at as, you know, not the problem per se. But they have both felt like we don't get enough love. Kyrie was like, I didn't get enough credit under LeBron's shadow. I want to go do it somewhere else. And yeah. and now the two of them conspire together like, hey, let's team up and show the world. What I can't wait to hear is when Durant says and has his first presser or his first interview, I guess tonight he's announcing the decision. He announced it on uh, Instagram, put it out. Okay, I thought he had a show tonight that he was going to do it on. I think I saw that tweet. Whatever. I want to hear Durant's explanation for this. I want to hear his justification. I want to hear his logic publicly because that will tell me a lot. Take a load of this or take take size of this comment I got from uh, my man Chris Broussard who texted me this from ESPN. Some woman on ESPN, he's not sure who it is, called Durant a seeker, Andy, a seeker pointing out that Durant went to three different high schools, bucked everything local East Coast, and went from D.C. to Texas for one year of college. He's now played in three different NBA cities, uh, Seattle, OKC, and Oakland. He's now on his way to his fourth without apparently ever considering going back to D.C. This ESPN personality, according to Chris, said she thinks he's constantly seeking something new out of his own personal curiosity. Yeah. Well, I, I wouldn't lay Seattle on him. I mean, that's sort of, that was out of his hands going from Seattle to no, but, City. But do you think he's a seeker? I think it's half right. I think he's a seeker, but he is seeking affirmation, even when he already has it. And I yeah, think that I think- is something that's very fascinating from a psychological standpoint. All the money two-time finals MVP, league MVP, and yet he still doesn't feel affirmed. And so he's seeking it. He's going here, going there. He's going to try to find it somewhere, anywhere. Yeah, well, well, I think I think well, he jumped to the Warriors because he had ring fear. He was thinking, oh, my God, I'm in my mid-20s and I don't have a ring. I better go get one. So he went there, and then he's the finals MVP, but people said, oh, yeah, well, look how easy it was for him. He already went to a team that had been to the finals that had won a championship. He's just the guy who jumps on. So now he's saying to himself, well, I have to build one myself. So people will look at me and say, he's the guy who can build a team. So he's going, now he's going to the second team in New York, the, 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 the stepchild team. And he thinks he's going to build one there. And as I think with Kyrie, that's not going to be possible. Yeah. In other news, the Wizards signed Thomas Bryant to a three-year, $25 million deal. Yeah, you know, you know what this is like. This this is like the day, and I was at this this news conference on the day that the Lakers brought in Phil Jackson as the coach and gave him a ten million dollar a year contract. The Washington Wizards announced the hiring of Gar Herd, who <laughs> blew owner Abe Bolin away. <laughs> and, and I was. 
was at this, and and the only one who would stand on the table, so to speak, at this news conference for Garhard was Tim Legler, who had played briefly for him in Dallas and said what a good guy he was. And I'm thinking, gee, across the country, the Lakers are signing the marquee Phil Jackson, the big kahuna, the big fish. And there's Garhard going to the old Wizards. So while everybody else is making a big splash, little old Thomas Bryant's coming back for a three-year deal. I tell you what, I mean, Bryant is a nice little story. He was a second-round pick by Utah, then traded to the Lakers. Lakers gave him to us. Last year, Bryant was okay on a garbage team, but he is a 6'11 center who doesn't shoot. I mean, he's starting to shoot threes now. He shot just under 100 of them last year in fifty in 72 games. But that's not like a Brooke Lopez shooting 400-plus a year. Who the hell needs a 6'11 non-shooting center? And why are we paying yeah. $9 million a year for the next three years for this guy? Well, he is an, he is an active player. He, he has seemingly a good attitude. He does hustle. And $9 million. I mean, come think- on! Well, that's the going rate. I mean, what, what did they pay Jan Mahimi? They, they paid him. That's not the. That's not an argument for doing it, Andy. I'm saying, why do we keep doing this shit? Ernie is gone, and Ernie's understudy is pulling the same moves. Thomas Bryant well, not, can. Not, you can let Thomas Bryant walk out the door, and you pack him a sandwich, and give him a map quest direction, and say, "Good luck. We'll miss you." <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, like we had, it's like we had 25 million burning a hole in our pocket and we're like here take it holy yeah, well, shit I mean, bo- both um mahimi and uh and dwight howard's contracts end after this year well, so great. Maybe they're looking you know they should have yeah. never been signed that's the thing <laughs> that's true that's true oh god all right in uh in other news uh real quick just some other things and then then i'll get to the stat of the day on your uh achilles injuries because i know you brought those up uh darren collison was gonna be a free agent for the indiana pacers suddenly retires to focus more on his jehovah's witness faith how about that i mean talk about don't need the money Wow. Yeah, but I I have a feeling he'll be back in a year. I think, the, you know, it seems like a good idea at the time. This is late June. Okay, we'll see how he feels a year out of the NBA when he, when he sits back on his couch and watches games and goes, oh, my God, look at these guys. I could be out there running circles around them. So we, we've seen this before where guys have these thoughts, these these great thoughts that they're going to change the world and go out and then they, they come back. So I would not be surprised if he's back in the league in a year. I kind of would, though, because this is a religious thing. And the faithful, yeah, they march to a different drummer. And I'm not criticizing Collison per se. I just don't know why he can't play basketball during the day and work on his you know faith at night and weekends in the offseason keep on collecting that sweet, sweet NBA money and turn it around for good use within the church. Like, yeah, this, is, this is hard money to get for most mortals. And it's basically free. And I know that I you shouldn't do anything just for money in life, but at the same time, my God, I, I, I just, it's hard to believe. Also, apparently the uh, Supermax numbers have been upgraded or adjusted. Mm-hmm. And I think they were adjusted upwards. The tweet I'm reading didn't say if it was an adjustment up or down. But here's the numbers for those players under a Supermax, like John Wall is for our Wizards. 
Uh, this coming year, 38 mil. Next year, 41 mil. The year after that, 44 million. And the final uh-huh. year, 47 million dollars. I can't even comprehend it. I I just, how did the league get to this point where guys were making 47 million a year? I have no idea. I could just give you a a comment that I got from Robert Poland, the son of the late Abe Poland, as we were having this discussion last weekend at the family reunion in Portland. He, He said, he said, now realize that, that they sold the team, uh, before the Donald Sterling situation and where Steve Ballmer bought the Clippers and raised the value of everybody's franchise like you know, 50%, it seemed. Uh, but they, I mean, they did well in selling the Wizards in the in the arena. But he said, boy, I'm glad I'm out of that business. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, to, to teams are still doing, guy, yeah, teams are still doing fairly well, I'd assume. But it just seems crazy. And again, I'm not begrudging anyone who can get it. And and I think guys like LeBron should probably make seventy a year, or Durant right. fifty five or sixty. But guys like John Wall and, and certainly here's the other one: Tobias Harris got a five for one eighty for the Sixers. I know. Could you pick Amazing. Tobias Harris out of the Osmond family photo? Because I couldn't. Wasn't that cousin Tobias in that old commercial where he was in the bathtub? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> But t- he needs his privacy. <laughs> Tobias Harris is now going to make $36 million guaranteed for the next five years on average. No matter what he does, you can't stop that money from coming to him. It's absolutely rock-solid guaranteed. I'll remember the one year that Jordan, in his last year with the Bulls, made $33 million because he had been so underpaid that Jerry Reinsdorf was like, okay, we got to make it up to him, and nobody blinked an eye. Tobias Harris now makes yep. more than Jordan did in the one year in which they said, look, we got to really spiff you for all the years we didn't pay you enough. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it, it's remarkable. The, the, the money in sports is, it, you know, and, and you stop. It used to be you, you'd stop and you'd say, boy, look at all that money. It doesn't even register anymore. It's, crazy. it's just, yeah. All right. So uh, stat of the day real quick. Stand by, Andy, and I'll hit you with this, and then we'll be out the door. Mm-hmm. Stat of the day. All right, so you were talking about Achilles injuries. According to a leading Achilles expert, Dr. Anish Kadakia of Northwestern University, studies show that 68% of basketball players return from an Achilles, 32% never play again, and the average number of years you've got left after an Achilles, two. That's it. Your stat of the day. 80, 85% of NBA players who suffer an Achilles tear don't last more than two years after their return. Yeah, so this well, is you know. going to be pretty much it. She said basically it's all about you know your, your jumping power between your two legs is, is different now. It's like your repaired Achilles is like 95% power. Right. And your other right. leg right. is 100 and it's just weird. Guys have a hard time yeah. adjusting. Our, our mutual friend, Carol Maloney, who, who tore hers about 10 years ago playing basketball, uh, has told me it, it feels like you're running in sand. It's, it's, now, she's older now, but <laughs> you know she was a good athlete in her day, and, and that's, that's the kind of thing. Yeah, so and not only that, if you're talking about two years, he's going to be 34 anyway. Right. And that's kind of up there in age for a basketball player as it is. So, yeah. yeah. All right, lastly, pour one out for Chatter. 
I saw where Tony yeah. Kornheiser's restaurant, a place where you would often uh, do podcasts from. Did podcasts there, and we have our what I call our Altacocker lunch with uh, a lot of the older guys like Ernie Bauer and Charlie Brotman. We get together there once a month, and uh, and it goes. Uh, All right, I, hold I on, just, Court. Just so those that don't know, Kornheiser said in his podcast on Friday titled Check, Please, that the restaurant was closed for renovations, quote-unquote, but he wasn't sure if it would open again or when. Did say the podcast that he does there would move to another location and sort of was vague about everything else. My sense is restaurants that close for renovations never open again under the same name and the same ownership. Yeah, I, I think that, that they're out. Gary Williams was an investor in it, or is an investor. It was Maury Povich, Gary Williams, former basketball coach at Maryland. This guy, Vic, Vic not Vic Bubis. Um, Alan Bubis. Alan Bubis, uh, yep. who is a well-connected man about town, and then Tony. So the four yep. of them bought it. They ran it for about two years. Mm-hmm. Restauranting is hard, man. I, I'll give you. I'll yeah. say that to anybody. And it, the idea was kind of cool that Tony set up this podcast studio under the glass awning right in front. And so you yep. think there'd be some synergies of, hey, this is where Tony does his podcast. You can come on by and see him, although they weren't open at 10 a.m. when no, he No, they did. They, they opened up for breakfast because of that. And they, did they? often there was a line out the door really? to get in there, but there wasn't a sustainable, you know, and, and breakfast, you don't make a lot of money doing that okay but you would think the constant mentioning on his podcast of yeah chatter 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 would help the restaurant succeed but i guess i don't know what happened yeah it, it just it just didn't and and it was funny because when they bought it i was talking to gary williams and he said you know i used to say to my players all the time the ones who were going to the nba now be careful with your money and don't do something stupid like invest in a restaurant shut up said, yeah. He did not say that. Yeah, he said it, and, and he, he was—you know—it's kind of Gary. You know, Gary is—he's very self-deprecating. Oh yeah, so he's kind of poking at himself. And I was thinking, well, you know, with your money and Tony's money and Mori Povich's money, you, you should be fine. And you know, the promotion that Tony was given, and I thought it'd be okay. But you know, it just—it just—it's a restaurant that ran its course, and it had a long run. I mean, before they owned it. It was Chadwick's, and that was the media hangout. That's where a lot of, the, like, George Michael, yeah. the legendary sportscaster, would hold court there. Because it was right there. Guests. It was right there on Connecticut Avenue amidst all the uh, big— Wisconsin, right? right oh, in yeah, Wisconsin, place. not Connecticut. But, yeah, it was right there amongst all the TV stations and yeah. radio stations and D.C. and everything else. Yeah, and well, it just ran its course. Oh, well. Andrew, happy 4th of July. Uh Careful, you're working double shift on 4th of July. T.O.P. and J.F.K. Will you still see some fireworks with uh, Mrs. Poland? uh, Well, actually, you know, W.J.F.K. is down near Nats Park. Oh, you'll just be able to look out the window. Yeah, well, I'll be getting off about 7 o'clock, but, you know, I'll I'll be able to see some of it on the way. But but you you more than anyone else knows about doubleheaders, so uh, (laughs) this is just an occasional one for me. All right, very good. Say congrats to Samantha for me, and we'll talk next week. I will. Thanks, right. Dave. See you. See you. Bye. We'll end on this today. When an organization in sports is incompetent, their incompetence radiates and permeates through every pore and orifice of the organization's activities. Everything they do reeks of incompetence. And the Mets in baseball, almost as a companion piece to the Knicks in basketball, are easily the most backward, slapstick, 
ridiculous outfit in all of baseball. Here's your story. The Mets on Old Timers Day, celebrating the 1969 World Series winners, the Amazons, as they were called, ended up celebrating or showing on the Jumbotron two former Mets and indicating that they were two of the Mets who they had lost over the years. In other words, that they were dead. Problem is, they were not dead. They listed Jim Gosger and Jesse Hudson on the Jumbotron as dead, as Mets who couldn't be there because they had both passed. Well, guess what? Both are alive. Bring out your dead. Bring out your dead. I'm not dead yet. Oh, you will be soon, Gosger. Get on there. Ed Cranepool, Art Shamsky, Cleon Jones, Jerry Grote, Bud Harrelson, and a bunch of others were at the ceremony. Many of them spoke wistfully about the teammates that were missing because of death or illness. Gosger and Hudson do not fall in that category. The large video board at Shea Stadium uh, or at City Field said, we remember, next to a rotating cast of names and photos, which included Gosker and Hudson. Twitter users caught the error in real time, but no one else did until Gosger posted about his inclusion in a Dearly Departed video. On Facebook, he wrote, wow, look at me. I made the big board. Thank you, New York Mets, for bringing me back. (laughs) Gosger later said the Mets contacted him to apologize, saying, I just received a call from the Mets. They apologized for the mistake. I guess a couple of my friends got through their office. I don't, I've never heard of this guy, uh, but that's fine. I was not a hardcore Mets fan growing up in 1969. (laughs) It's still pretty bad though. You know, the layers of incompetence from the PR guy to the community relations guy to the special events guy to say, okay, how many Mets we flying back in for this? Okay. We got so-and-so, we got so-and-so, we got so-and-so. Great. Who else was on the team that can't make it? Okay, well, let's see. Uh, all these guys, I think they're dead. You sure Hudson's dead? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did a Google search. Didn't Name didn't come up. Okay, let's run with it. We'll see you at the ballpark on Sunday. Unfreaking believable That will finally end it for us today. Thank you. I'm alive. I'm alive in here. I'd feel good if I was included as a passed away and I was actually still alive. I think that would be good karma. We'll be back here tomorrow morning, bright and early, 4 a.m. for your extra dose of me. Thank you so much for downloading and subscribing uh, to the Zabecast. Get the app. It plays all of our episodes one in a row. Bing, bang, bing, bong, boom. Updates automatically. You'll like it. It's absolutely free. Search for it wherever you get your podcasts. Have yourself a great Monday, July 1st. And I imagine after today... Ain't nobody got time for work. It is going to be a short and light week of actual productive activity as we get closer to the 4th of July on Thursday. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.